Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey guys, it's Streaming Wastelands, coming at you with 2023's Knock at the Cabin. Before I get into that, I am Ringo, and with me as always is Greg. So hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. What have you been up to, man? Uh, I was watching 2023's Knock at the Cabin on Prime. I watched it so many times. It's so good. Nice. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, nah, I've been <laughs> I've been fucking around with all my other projects, trying to get a bunch of other stuff done. Did you know that there's a hundred feathers to find in Assassin's Creed Two? Super fun way to make me keep playing your game is to just <laughs> add a bunch of collectible bullshit that doesn't do anything. I remember playing that game, and I remember it being a huge, a far huger number than a hundred. But I mean, you might be thinking of this the first game because there was like. 350 something flags to collect across all the cities yeah more than likely i i just remember that assassin's creed especially in the beginning had a stupid amount of stuff to collect i mean it hasn't gotten too much better but at least the collections have been there's a hundred things to collect but split up over six different groups yeah so i haven't kept up with the games pretty much since they went to the open world wannabe witcher style games Mm -hmm. but as far as I know, at least starting in the fourth one, maybe even the third one, they just put all the collectibles on the map. And to me, that's just a better way to go about it. If you're going to jam my screen full of collectibles, just put them all on the map. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with the idea that, you know, there are tons of things out there to collect. And I get that for some people that's immersive, etc. It's not my cup of tea, but man, I... I don't like the idea of, oh, oh there's a secret out there. You got to go find it. You don't like going and finding secrets? That's one of my favorite. Okay, so let me let me rephrase. I like when my secrets are a handful, like five to ten. I don't want to have a hundred that I got to go find that aren't on the map. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at too. Is I just don't like how many there are. And again, it's one of those things where I get why some people might feel like this is some sort of weird immersive thing, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't do much for me. I don't know. It, it's not my cup of tea, I guess, yeah. but. Yeah, it feels like artificial length. You know, it's kind of like when a movie will add just an extra 10 minutes of backstory to a character or a bunch (laughs) of scenes between two characters. And you're kind of sitting there thinking, was this necessary? And then you look at the runtime and you realize, oh, the runtime on this was 93 minutes. They ran out of what they could cut or they got to the end of filming and they're like, oh, God, this is a 74 minute movie. We need to add some stuff in there. Surprisingly, that's not what happened with the movies that we watched for this week. So, <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, Knock at the Cabin didn't suffer from that. Willie's Wonderland, uh, we'll get to that in a, a different time. But yeah, it's something. It's something filmmakers do. It's something even TV shows do to a certain extent. I've I've watched a lot of sitcoms. Uh, for for those viewers who've been with us the whole time, at some point, this was actually going to be sitcom wasteland and. I realized I couldn't put Ringo through that because I watch TV excessively and he does not. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not that he doesn't watch TV excessively. More along the lines of he doesn't. Nobody watches TV at the rate I watch TV at. So it's not well, really fair to put anybody else up to that. <laughs> so, 
So you you watch you watch TV excessively, where I watch YouTube excessively. So I mean, honestly, it's probably wouldn't have killed me. It would have just meant that I would have turned from watching YouTube to watching. See, but then you would have logged into Twitch and you'd have been like, "Oh my god, I haven't kept up with any of these people. What <laughs> happened in Minecraft? Is it done? Did they craft the mine?" I don't know what happens in Minecraft. That's not my game. <laughs> I haven't I played Minecraft you're trying to, in like ten years. I assume you're trying to craft some sort of mine or. There's a crafting mine that you have to go to. It's some sort of big store. Last time I played, it was just uh, a way to go ahead and train kids on how to go ahead and start working in the mine for whenever, you know, age restrictions got lifted. <laughs> yeah, I to say, the children do yearn from the mines. I've heard that. <laughs> I think it's in Wisconsin that 14-year-olds can work now. Wisconsin uh, or Ohio, one of those states. Several states. There are there are some states that are actually uncovering certain companies that are allowing 14-year-olds to work even though they don't have the restriction removed yet. Yeah, that's not a surprise. There will always no. be companies that are just hiring kids. Mm. I'm relatively certain that the pizza chain I worked at for a little while was hiring people who were younger than me. They just needed people my age because they needed people who, who could legally have a driver's license. So, mm. But I'm relatively certain that the person who was manning the counter one day was absolutely a freshman from our school. Oh, and man. that means that they were probably 13. Oof. Uh, they looked older, I guess. That's that's a thing. That is a thing. Not yeah. a not a good thing, but a thing. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah, that's the defense though. Oh, I thought they were, you know. It's not gonna hold up in court, but no. it holds up in somebody's shitty mind. And so that's when they're yeah. just like, Oh, as long as I can justify it to myself, it's okay. Exactly. Uh, I mean it's, you know, so I think that we would have been fine if we had gone down the comedy route. I definitely would have been a little bit more jaded about it, but hey. The comedy route, you mean sitcom route? Mm -hmm. Sitcom wasteland? No, I think that this is a better format overall. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think, that, I think that there's just more movies to watch. It gives us better variety. Plus, honestly, I do hate a lot of sitcoms as well, and there's some that I <laughs> I made the mistake, I don't know, last year, two years ago. No, when was the pandemic? Three years ago. I was like, you know what? I've been meaning to watch some of these old TGIF shows. I'm going to watch them. And I watched maybe 20 episodes of Family Matters, and I was just like, so this is just shitting on what i used to like about this show and then i i thought to myself so i know in season one steve urkel wasn't the main character i was a dumb little kid and so i just wanted more steve urkel i thought he was funny so i skipped forward a few seasons man after three episodes of steve urkel i i longed for the days without him i was like dude this sucks this is i get why i thought this was funny as a nine and ten year old but as an adult i'm just like dude god this is so fucking annoying you know it kind of makes me intrigued with the the, the way that human psycho psychology works because a lot of us grow up liking characters like that and then you look back and you go oh god well just because your taste change right yeah it's it's kind of the same way that i used to love pixie sticks those little sugar candies that are literally just sugar i don't even know if they're flavored sugar but i think it's just sugar with colors in it i used to love those things because one they were cheap and i didn't have any money so anytime i had 25 cents i could buy five pixie sticks and go to town but <laughs> The other part of it is that, you know, it was fucking sugar and I was seven and it was amazing. You just right? run up to the ice cream man and ice cream men are kind of proof that things have changed a little bit. Because back then, dude, if if a kid just darted out of a yard, a parent would listen and be like, oh, ice cream man. Now it's like oh, somebody's trying to abduct them. No one's trying to <laughs> abduct your kids. They just heard the ice cream man. Kids are dumb. But anyway, <laughs> I used to love those pixie sticks. But then I tried one, I don't know, back in. 2015 i think i was at rocket fizz which is a 
candy store that sells all kinds of weird candies and drinks. I think they're out of business now because everything fun dies, but they had them and I bought one. I had one and I was just like, I could never eat more than one of these. This is just fucking straight up sugar. I can't do it. This is coming from somebody who used to straight up just eat sugar packets. Like <laughs> I, I would literally pop. I'd go to a Denny's and toss a sugar packet in my mouth. I don't know. out of dominance, well, but uh, like, <laughs> I'm laughing because my mom used to have a big old container of sugar, and when she wasn't in the house, I'd go ahead and scoop out sugar and just pour it directly into my mouth. Hell yeah, dude. That's why we ended up on a podcast together. Look what sugar did to us. Well, and so, you know, the other thing I want to point out to to our Wasteland fans, the three of them that listen that are, you know, your wife, my wife, and my mom. (laughs) There's two or three people who aren't related to us to listen to the show. I don't know the three that that aren't related to us. Okay, then hi, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Our wives, you know, when they see us go running out of the house, they either worry that there's a hot dog man outside, which, you know, that's never happened, mm-hmm. or ice cream. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think that's really what it is, is your taste changes as you get older, and you look back at these characters and you're like, fuck. It's kind of like we talked about in the Free Guy episode, where you were mentioning that you liked Deadpool when they came out, but you wonder now if you went back and watched them, if you'd find them fucking unbearable. Mm-hmm. That's also kind of why I would advise not doing it, at least not for everything. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Kill Your Idols and Always Revise, because it stops you from doing something. Like, you know, those people who are like, I don't care what anybody says. Short Circuit is the greatest sci-fi movie ever made. I don't give a fuck. And you're like, how could you possibly think that? It wasn't even the greatest sci-fi movie that year, probably. Mm -hmm. But there's always that person who lets nostalgia and arrogance kind of just blind them to the idea that anybody has a better opinion than them. Mm Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And so for me, I'm a big fan of Kill Your Idols and go back and reevaluate your stuff, but not always. And for some stuff, you, you can just accept it. Die Hard is a classic, etc. There are better action movies than Die Hard and there are better actors than Bruce Willis. And it's something that I saw as a, as a younger person and it stuck with me. I liked it. I thought he's a cool dude looking back now. Yeah. It's got some problematic messages about policing, about the nature of crime, about the treatment of women, etc. that you can extract. If you try really hard, very aware. I understand. I'm still going to watch it in December. So it's just one of those things. If you really love Deadpool, I wouldn't go back and watch it if you now find Ryan Reynolds unbearable because that movie's going to be Ryan Reynolds being unbearable. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I don't hold any real connection to it. Like I said, you know, when we recorded that, I'm going to watch the third one just because they get Hugh Jackman to go actually wear the authentic Wolverine setup, and I want to see how they play it out. But after that, I'm probably going to avoid the ever living shit out of it because I, I just. I can't do Ryan Reynolds anymore with his dumb little quips. Should we talk about knock at the cabin? <laughs> I'm trying to avoid this man. It's got M night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think this movie was that bad. It was fine. It was fine. But before one, we of, get... one of the user reviews I have copied down here is actually probably the most accurate way I feel about it. It's mm-hmm. it scores it a little too high, but okay. go ahead. Do your thing. All right, so Streaming Wastelands, this week we went ahead and took on 2023's Knock at the Cabin on Prime. This is rated R. Save your family or save humanity. Make the choice. This movie is starring Dave Bautista as Leonard, and real quick, geez, Dave Bautista is huge. Huge, man. Jesus Christ. He made everybody in that movie look like tiny people. I've never Uh, seen somebody on TV that I could so readily identify as, oh, yeah, that guy would kick my ass. mm Mm-hmm. 
there's other people out there. I'm sure. I'm sure Ryan Reynolds could kick my ass. But man, do you just look at Dave Batista? You're like, nah, I'll lose. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. not even 100%. worth considering. Hundred percent. Then we have Jonathan Groff as Eric, Ben Aldridge as Andrew, Nika Amuka Bird as Sabrina, Rupert Grint, uh, Grint as Redmond, Abby Quinn as Adrian, uh, Adriana. Adriana. It's Adrian. 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 Yeah. I just watched the movie. I should know that. <laughs> Kristen Cole is when. So on vacation, Eric and Andrew and daughter when are enjoying their time at the the cabin until four strangers knock on their door. The four strangers break into the cabin, successfully restrain Eric and Andrew, and then they tell them, Eric and Andrew have a choice. They can choose to sacrifice one member of their family and in doing so save all of humanity, or they can choose to not sacrifice anyone, and all three of them will live, but the rest of humanity will die. They have about 36 hours to figure out things. At intervals, one of the four strangers is killed by the other three, and a new plague is unleashed upon the earth. So, let's hear from critics. Roger Moore of RogersMovieNation.com gave the movie a 1 out of 5, saying, but while M. Night Shyamalan does well by the story's assorted jolts and tries to have fun with a bit of casting against the uh, type with Batista and Grint, Knock is so emotionally flat that I found it impossible to care about. For a film in which the stakes could be higher, that feels fatal. Simon Thompson of The Playlist gave this movie an A. Si- Simon. Simon Thompson. <laughs> Simon Thompson of The Playlist gave this movie an A, remarking, A challenging and confident vision. It is the director's most engaging and authentic work in years. Knock at the Cabin does not disappoint. It is a movie that reminds us why Shyamalan is one of the contemporary cinema's greatest alchemists and prime example of a filmmaker at his best and boldest. <laughs> User GBill74877 Gave the movie a 4 out of 10, commenting, This is such a flat, obvious Christian allegory. M. Night channels the books of Revelations and Abraham being called upon to sacrifice Isaac. User, J.T. Tindhouse. J.T. Tindhouse. J.T. Tindhouse, thank you. IMDb gave the movie a 7 out of 10, saying, Pretty good movie. Sucks about the ending, though. Still, though, the first 9 tenths of the movie are pretty damn good and are well worth your dollar. 7 out of 10. So which movie was the uh, which rating was it that you? Uh, me and JT in the house are right on par. I actually didn't okay. think this movie was all that bad. I hated the fucking ending, and this is something that I feel like M Night Shyamalan started getting away with with the happening, which you know critically acclaimed, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he started putting these moments of message right into his movies, and this movie is no different. I'm not normally somebody who thinks that a movie should or should. I don't have strong feelings that all movies should leave questions or should answer all questions. But I think that if you have to have a character basically look at the camera and tell me answers, either your movie's bad or it doesn't need that scene. And I think that M. Night should have left that alone. I think that the ending where, spoilers, at the end, Papa Eric, I believe. Yeah, it's Eric. He kills himself to save the rest of humanity as these strangers are dying they unleash plagues upon humanity and it seems to all be true there is some red herring in there about whether or not this is fake or this is pre-recorded etc etc if they made this all up 
but they they become convinced that these these apocalyptic visions and events that they're hearing about are in fact true and so papa eric gives himself up or papa yeah papa eric gives himself up and so as as he's doing that, he starts talking about like, no, humans are good and they hate what they don't understand. And so, of course, we're different and blah, blah, blah. These were the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but we needed to know them before they they died or something. And it basically gives this whole fucking message moment. And I don't really like that one. We had to pause the movie at pretty much the dramatic high point to hear this little monologue explanation. But two, that either M night didn't give us enough credit to think that we would potentially understand why this person wanted to sacrifice himself or he didn't write Eric well enough so that his motivation was clear without having to sit there and be like, no, I'm a sacrificer. And so that's where, I don't know. This is where this movie fell apart for me. Like this user said, the first part of it is decent. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give the movie a seven out of 10. It'd probably be closer to a five for me, but it's still engaging and interesting up until the end when you're like, Oh, okay. So, so it was the apocalypse from the Bible and the, this guy's going to explain. Huh? Okay. And, and they all end up happily ever after, except for the dead one. So I agree with you. I think that this movie was probably about a five. It was mid my issues with the, with the movie were minor for the most part. One of the first things that popped into my head was like when Dave Batista and his, three horsemen that were with him were breaking into the house and Eric walks up to the house and we have a camera facing up and Eric's looking at the doorknob as the doorknob's jiggling and it takes him 30 years to go they're breaking into the house dude they've mm-hmm. been trying to break into the house for a second there it took you that long to go ahead and state that seems a little unrealistic to me but I, I know I'm, I'm nitpicking with that one it kind of just something that bugged the shit out of me and stuck with me since then so something that bugged me from the get go. And this isn't something I would normally care about, except they made it a point in the movie is they apparently have enough service up there to get live TV, but they don't Mm -hmm. have cell phone service. And that's strange to me because this isn't a movie shot in like 2007 where maybe somebody had run cable out there, but satellites were or cell service was less reliable. This Mm -hmm. is meant to be modern day. And even in like remoter areas, you'll still get one or two bars if you're getting live cable television. And it, I assume that they had some sort of satellite dish set up, but who knows? It was something that bothered me, and I wouldn't have cared that much if they hadn't pointed out that this is live or pre-recorded mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Roger Moore there gave it a one out of five saying that the emotional stakes were pretty flat. And I actually do agree with that. That was one of my big drawbacks of the movie. I thought that Leonard, Wen, and Andrew did a very good job as oh, yeah. characters. And I felt everybody else felt flat as fuck. Sabrina, Redmond, and Adrian, if I wasn't looking at their names on a sheet, I wouldn't even be able to barely describe them. I'd be like, oh, there was that guy who was a homophobe in Boston and this other guy who was, she was a nurse, maybe. Maybe? I don't remember. Yeah, she was a nurse. But that's how I would be describing them if I wasn't looking at their names right now. It was oh, the nurse lady and then homophobe and then quirky girl with a child. Who's a cook. That's Who's the cook. only thing that I remember from her storyline was that she was a cook. And she promised them free breakfast if one of them killed themselves. Yeah. So 
don't know. I do think that the pacing in this movie was good. I that's been a struggle with other Shyamalan movies in the past is that they either build slow or they build unevenly. But I think this movie moved along at a good pace. I do think that Dave Bautista did a great job as Leonard. And like I said, Ben Aldridge's Andrew and Kristen Cole as Wen all did a really good job. And I am I am the person who made Shia LaBeouf punching a child into a, a short clip. I, I watched that scene with Glee several times. So I'm not one to praise children very often. But I think that Wen was actually a well-done character. And I think that she was well-portrayed. Have we- it's just It's just not a... It's just not the rest of the cast around it really drags it down. Yeah, the rest of the cast was really bland, which is kind of interesting considering Redmond was also the guy who played Ronald and Harry Potter, and I liked him in that one. But, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a completely different role, completely different movie. Yeah, yeah. So is this the, the third child that you and I – well, maybe it's the second. As it might have been the second child in a in a character role that you and I have been like, hey, they are actually pretty good at this one because it was Black Box. Yeah, I don't really keep track of how many kids we actually yeah. <laughs> we actually think are good actors, to be honest. But this is might be the second. I think I gave credit to the kid from Your Place or Mine as mm. being l- the least bad in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was really that kid's great acting or <laughs> he was just standing out among the dreck that Reese Witherspoon <laughs> and what's his face? Also, Ashton Kutcher. There we go. Yeah. We're putting out. But either way. Yeah, it's very rare that I, I praise a child. I don't really like movies with kids in them. I, yeah. I, I'm sure you guys can tell. I'm pretty sure I said it. I'm not a kid person, not a fan. No. <laughs> One out of ten stars. No, <laughs> no I just I just bring that up because yeah, I agree with you. Like Most of the time, kids in movies either overplay their emotions, don't know how to act, or are very one-note. Yeah. And, so you know, what Whatever. Th- one of the things in this movie that I didn't really pick up because I don't think it quite worked is this idea that these were the four horsemen of the apocalypse because one of the horsemen is conquest. And I don't know who's representing that, which plague or which person is supposed to be conquest from a sheer physical perspective. I mean, obviously Dave Batista would probably be the most likely to dominate all of these people and therefore mm-hmm. be the horseman of conquest. But yeah, I don't know about I, – I don't know. And none of the plagues made sense either, right? So yeah. it's famine, pestilence, conquest, and something else, war maybe. I don't remember. But I didn't really understand – oh, death. Death is the last one. I wasn't sure it's death, famine, war, and conquest. So yeah. I don't really know who was supposed to be what in this. Maybe there's different versions of the Four Horsemen. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a Christian scholar of any any type. But – Again, this message moment where the looks right at the camera, they were the four horsemen. That's where I was like, no, they fucking weren't. They just, it didn't make sense. I wish, I wish they would cut that scene out. I hope somewhere there is a cut where they cut that little speech out. And Eric says, sacrifice me. And Andrew says, no. And Eric's like, fucking do it for everybody. And Andrew shoots him. And then the movie ends the way it does because I would have been fucking happy with that. That would have been great. And it would have left you with the question, right? Was this all a wild coincidence and they didn't do anything or did they actually save humanity? So I was kind of hoping that they would roll with like, this is the, the apocalypse hundred percent. And 
no matter what the the family does, it's going to happen because I mean it's already set off. And from my understanding, once once the apocalypse starts, it's just that's it. There's no saving humanity. But I don't know. I I didn't read that part of the Bible. One of the things that you know, I I felt differently was immediately I was like these guys are supposed to be representative of the horsemen, especially when Leonard, aka Batista, was like, you know pestilence the skies will fall and some other stuff mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff i was like yeah this sounds like the sort of stuff i heard when i was going to church about the apocalypse and the four horsemen riding to bring about the end of humanity or something like that my guess yeah. my guess for conquest would be redmond since redmond was the one that brought them together on the chat group i think is yeah, what they said but i mean i'm kind of just reaching there i don't really have any explanation for which one is which considering like you said there was no real defining factor to make these people the horsemen other than they're killing themselves and then something happens immediately afterwards which in real life would literally just be a coincidence and they all just shared some sort of deja vu psychic Mm -hmm. break slash hallucination and then after after andrew and Wen walk out of the the cabin the world goes back to normal so i mean it would have just been coincidental that all these people died for basically no reason in real life but yeah. i mean watching the movie i i did enjoy watching dave batista go ahead and talk to everybody and try and convince the the family members you know he you guys get to make this decision. I don't get to hurt you. I don't get to make this decision. However, when one of us dies, something's going to happen and I'm going to try and convince you. I was like, Hey, that's, that's, that's good. I like that. I think that's a good way to bring a culty vibe to this religious aspect of a movie. Yeah, I actually, that was very unique. So one of the reviews I didn't put on here, I actually called out moviegoers and audiences in general because they they were like, hey, whether or not it's hit or miss, M. Night always brings us an original story and or at least a old story reflavored very well. Yeah. And the audience is always like, oh, we want original movies. And then M. Night Shyamalan comes out with one. Everyone shits on it. They're like, oh, no, we don't want that one. <laughs> and then you and this person. They're, it seemed like they're Shyamalan stands, so I didn't copy and paste the, the review for this. But it is a point I agree with. Is At least it's original. It's something that we've bitched about, mostly with rom-coms and comedies uh, so mm-hmm. far. But it can be applied to oh, action movies for that, for that part as well. But at least it's something different. There's not a lot of jump scares in this movie. I think I can think of like two, maybe. There's not a lot of excessive violence or gore. There's not a lot of... Like uh, there's no sex and there's basically nothing but your own interest in the movie. That's going to make it scary. It's a horror in the sense that there are horrors being unleashed somewhere else. And these people somehow have something to do with it. So I do like that. It's original. It's nice. It's not, they didn't give the, the movie a $40 million budget and just had them spend it all on monster effects and blood. So it was nice. It was different. I will say that I, one of the more interesting things that I thought about after this movie was over, which is how I knew I didn't hate it as much as some of the other movies, because instead of thinking of like, God, and this fucking thing, and that fucking thing, I was like, <laughs> huh, that's interesting. So imagine you're, you're Andrew now, right? And you and Wen leave this cabin after 
seeing that the entire coastal areas of the earth have been struck by massive tsunamis and every airplane in the sky has crashed and hundreds of kids or people in general, maybe thousands of people died of a sudden outset of this incredibly virulent flu. You're going to be okay living with yourself knowing that even though you stopped it from going all the way, you still were so stubborn about this and so dedicated to your partner that in the face of what was now obviously evidence, you let all these people die. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I can see myself going through one of two, one, one of two mental conditions from that one where I'm slowly losing my grasp on reality considering I would be in the mindset of like, maybe I could have stopped this or going the route of some of my family members and just complete denial and being like, Oh, that didn't happen because of me. Does, you know, I was put into a stressful position and I did what I had to, to go ahead and, and survive and probably go ahead and come up with some bullshit story that on why Eric died. And later on, if asked, I'd be like, yeah, Leonard killed him. Yeah, I could, see, I could see that being how my brain goes ahead and copes with that. I would be curious to know what excuse Andrew used about Eric, right? Because we're not we're not led to believe that Eric is unloved or has no family or friends of his own. So, I would imagine that somebody's going to be asking questions like, "Hey, have you heard from your partner recently? How many times does Andrew get to be like, no?" <laughs> Before somebody's like, "Hmm, so the last time you saw him was at that cabin, huh? That remote cabin in the woods." Wait, didn't the cabin catch fire? Yeah. Okay, so then the excuse is, you know, the same thing as with, like, all the electric strikes throughout the whole entire country. Oh, he died in the thing. I guess that is a convenience of a plague, right? Is Or yeah. of disasters. Oh, he, we were taking a walk along the beach, and he got tsunami and I didn't. Yeah, and with, with how many dead there's going to be, I guess, you know, you'd probably be able to get away with not having an autopsy done, con- considering the the authorities are just going to want to go ahead and get done with burying the bodies and getting them out of there. And that's her advice here, kids. If you want to commit a crime, wait until the apocalypse. No one's going to notice. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I, it's hard to recommend this movie because I really did hate the ending. And so I would say skip it, but it's not as hard to skip as I've given other movies. This isn't yeah. nearly as bad as some of the things we've watched. I think, I think it's interesting. I don't agree with the idea about this is uh, contemporary cinema's greatest alchemist uh, filmmaker at his best and boldest. <laughs> I think that this is this is a little tame. It is probably the only M Night movie I've ever seen where I would describe it as tame. Yeah, I, I think that this movie would be okay for a one-time watch, but I'm I'm starting to really dislike M. Night Shyamalan. You're right. It's definitely not the the norm, and I applaud him for not, not doing the norm. But I think that this movie was like a five, maybe maybe a little bit lower than a five, but I mean, not by much. So, yeah. Is that out of 10? Out of 20? Uh, yeah, out of, 40. out of 10. <laughs> I give this a five out of 40. <laughs> or a one out of eight, if you insist on doing math. <laughs> Five out of ten. One half. A one out of two. <laughs> <laughs> That's how all of our reviews should be. Just <laughs> reflections. 
I give this a seven sixteenths out of nine twentieths. <laughs> Start making our audience learn math. Oh, our... uh, then that means I'd have to learn math, and that is not what I want to <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. I started podcasting so I don't have to do math. <laughs> I thought this was America. <laughs> One corgi out of ten. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I'd give this three large pizza pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wouldn't um, that be a system, right? How much? What would you have to shame eat to get this movie out of your mind? <laughs> Plowed through an entire dinner for two from Boston Market just to forget about this. Dude, that's just a normal night for me. Calm down. <laughs> okay, tons of fun. <laughs> Not going to have to worry about you getting to the cabin. The door is only X wide. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bring us outside. Like, I'm here. I got chicken. Just sitting Are you... there, fried chicken and biscuits just going to town. <laughs> Hurry up, my cholesterol's catching up to me. <laughs> Can we do the sacrifice already? You get home. <laughs> my mac and cheese is cold. I don't like it that way. <laughs> With that, yeah, I I think that this movie is okay for a one time watch, but other than that, it's probably not gonna be an October Halloween style horror movie <laughs> it's a yeah i'd be surprised if this goes on anybody's favorite movie list yeah yeah and with that we have been streaming wastelands you can go ahead and find us on spotify itunes all the other podcasting areas twitter fuck calling it x facebook instagram threads tiktok youtube and one two three four washington california <laughs> that's right you can find us on there <laughs> side note if any of our listeners ever get to one two three four washington california please take a picture and let us know because i'm very curious where that is <laughs> yeah agreed that's that would be entertaining to go ahead and see where that comes from with that greg you got anything else to add nope just bye bye <laughs>